I've had a bunch of guests on the podcast. This one might be the guy that I'm most excited about having on. I even told him as much in the episode, so you'll get to see all that. This time we're talking to Adam Colston, pastor of We the Church, barber extraordinaire, all-star dad. Welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. Adam, how we doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you, man? Man, I am I'm fired up. I've had not a ton of guests. I've had a yeah. few guests. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't the most excited about having Adam Colston on my podcast. Well, thank you for saying that, but how does that make your other guests feel when they listen to this? Uh, I don't know, because three out of the last four or so could probably beat me up. Mm-hmm. So I better... If you're, if you're a pastor, they'll understand. Mm-hmm. It's But I, you got stuff to say, man. You've got stuff to say, and you're not shy about saying it. So let's just start from the beginning, I guess. Who are you? All right. My name is Adam Colston, and um, that's all I got. That's it. Well, that's, that's been it. a fun podcast. You, you lied to me. You you told me uh, when I briefly was like, hey, what are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. You were like, dude, I'll just get you started, and, and you won't stop. And I said, oh, yes, I am. So, I, see, I, I did that to okay. prove a point. So you made a liar out of mm-hmm. me then. Yep. <sighs> okay. So, Adam, you are the pastor of a church. We'll, we'll start here and go backwards. <laughs> So what's your church called? Yeah, man, we're called We the Church. Uh, we're about seven years old now. Are you and, just seven uh, years old? Yeah, I mean, well, technically, known. probably older if you yeah. count. You know, some of the um, the early days when okay. we were getting going, had a launch team going because we met once a month on Saturday nights. Um, for about five or six months, mm-hmm. and then when we decided to uh, go to a Sunday morning, uh, we started meeting in my barbershop, about the size of this room here, Right, and um, so we did that, so uh, that's when we started doing weekly, and that was our, our core team, our launch team, and the goal of the launch team is to launch a church, right? Uh, yep. So that group grew, and then... When we launched, uh, we started renting the YMCA here in Rome. Okay. And that, uh, so that's the day that we count. Right. That's I day one. And so that's uh, that was January of 2016. So, yeah, we're seven years old since we started meeting in the YMCA. But you don't meet in the YMCA anymore. No, sir. We're out in an old uh, church that I believe was originally built as a Baptist church. And Mm-mm. then it wouldn't. No, no, no. That was, and I say this because I went there. Yep. Uh, not long after it was built, that was. It was like a, a, a hybrid kind of a Church of Christ, um, not quite holiness. Oh, okay. But Pentecostal yeah. and in all those things. Did they have some um, foot washings in there? We think? had foot okay. washings. There was people in there falling out, yep. all kinds of stuff. Awesome. Um, Rolling around. So anyway, that's the church that okay. it started out at. Yeah, so, so, so... This is the history of your church. Yeah, right? so I didn't know that as far as the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, whoever was in there, and then I know from the majority of the time, it became a United Methodist Church. Right. And so they've uh, they left that denomination for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, they do not approve of homosexual marriages. Right. So they got out of that uh, denomination, but they had been declining for years. Mm. And so they, we didn't see this coming because we were renting the gymnasium from them. Right. Uh, well, not from them, but from the owner. They had already sold their property. And so then they decided to 
uh, relocate themselves. And we didn't see that coming, man. We were doing this set up and tear down, setting yeah. up staging every week yeah, and lights, yeah. camera action. And it, it was, uh, it was exhausting. Um, but it was fun. It was worth it. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so, so, uh, they moved out, didn't see that coming. So now we're in a permanent spot permanent. and we don't have to put up staging every week. So that's oh, a blessing. Man. That, that's the best, right? Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you don't have to do that, you know, we were meeting in a bar mm-hmm. until pretty recently and we go in and we tear down the bar every week. Right. And then you set it back up again and you do it over and over and over again. And you're like physically tired by the time church starts, but, right. but you're in your own spot now. Yep. And you didn't just happen upon a spot. Y'all didn't just land in this building. This was a years long deal. You were going to put a church somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how many details you might want me to include, but yeah. So, Bring them. <laughs> okay. So, so go, going back to even before the why. Yeah. Uh, we were meeting in my barbershop. I'm still bivocational, so I'm in my barbershop three days a week right now. And so we can fit about 40 in there, and yeah. that's it. And so most weeks we were uh, close to 40 people, you know, um, between 30 and 40. You know how it can go some weeks. And so we, we would just slide everything out and set up some chairs and, and it, it, it worked. Um, and so while we were in there, uh, we really believed that the Lord was calling us to the YMCA. And so, um, their board meets once a month. And so what we did is, uh, we reached out to them and, uh, gave them the details of who we are and so forth. And so we met at Chick-fil-A um, before they built a new building many years ago. And uh, we met the um, the chair of the board at that time and the executive director. They had a lot of questions for us. And we were just like, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we do. And we'd love to rent your space. Yeah. And so they went back, presented to the board. And the first month that they did that, they were like, well, listen, um, we, just, we just don't uh, – you know, we don't, the, the executive director called me back and he was like, we, we just, uh, it, he, how did he say it? He, he said, if I'm in your shoes, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a different building. Mm. And so I took that as a no, because right. that's obviously how that sounds. Yeah, so yeah. I took that as a no. And, and he, he, when he explained that, I was just crushed. And I was actually with Blake, our executive pastor, Blake mm-hmm. Ferguson, and, um, I closed the computer after, or, or put the phone down, and I had closed my laptop, and, and we were talking, and I said, uh, I said, man, he, he, you know, that just doesn't sound great. And he said, well, did he say no? And I said, well, he didn't say no, but he said he would look for a different building. So I can I hear that in Blake's lap- voice. Yeah, yeah. So I open a laptop, and we type around. We yet again are now looking for buildings that we already know are or are not available in our area. Right. You've done the same search as yourself. Right, right. And we're, we're coming up short. And after about five minutes of that, I said, dude, what are we doing? We know that the Lord has called us to the why. And so what we did is we led that core team um, to pray and fast that the Lord would allow us to meet in the Y. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not mistaken, there was not a single day in a three-month period to where one of our leaders or one of our, well, everybody was a leader on a core team, but where one of our staff leaders or or a, a, a person at church didn't lay hands on the side of that YMCA. Huh. And say, Lord, we feel like you led us to this building, not just to the parking lot, right. but to let us go inside the doors. 
And so the second month rolls around, and the board doesn't really discuss it. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't intentionally say, we hate a church and we don't want them there. <laughs> it was nothing yeah. like that. Right. Obviously, it's a Christian organization. But what they were saying was, we've got legit concerns. Like, how yeah. long are they going to stay? What about security? Things of that nature. Right. So it was not them saying, no, we can't have a church here. It was them coming from that perspective, if I'm understanding correctly. Then on the third month... Um, he called me and he said, hey, man, we voted 100%. We're going to let y'all rent this thing. And so we stayed in there for three and a half years. At During that time, we started a building fund. Yeah. Um, it's important to note that we are a debt-free church. We've Amen. never been in debt. That's the way to I'm, do it. Uh, we, we refuse to go into debt. And so I knew early on, my wife and I, the, the calling of the church that we would we would not need to pursue debt ever. And so I tell people when I cast that little bit of the vision that we're uh, like Samson. He was he was never supposed to get a haircut. Right. Got a haircut, loses strength. Yeah. Now God, through His mercy and grace, restores it, and we know the story pushes over a couple columns that yeah, we can't yeah. do. But but he was never supposed to do that. So, right. but Samson didn't walk by a barbershop and point in there and say, "Look at Danny Burnham getting a haircut." Can you believe that Danny is actually getting a haircut? How weak is he? Right. But he knew for him. So I believe for us, for our calling, we this church, that our strength, one of the things that has our strength, obviously it's the Lord Almighty, but one of the things that is our strength is this foundation of we will not go in debt. And so we've had plenty of opportunity to do that, uh, but we refuse to. So we built up a building fund, and a lady that goes to the church that was in the building that we are currently in calls one day. And her granddaughter and her husband attend church with us. And she said, hey, I know y'all are looking for something. Would y'all want to come out here and look at our property? And I don't remember if she told me the sale price at that time or not. Mm-hmm. But we come out and we look at the property. And it's it's like just perfect. You know, yeah. we're looking yeah. around and we're like, you know, this could work. You know, yeah. uh, there's no escalator or elevator or some of these just crazy <laughs> dreams. Right. But what is here could absolutely meet our needs and it would be great. And so they gave us the number. Um, and it was it was interesting because here we are a primarily young staff. Yeah. And here they are a primarily older group. Yeah. yeah. And um, and we're we loved them. We loved them dearly and we talked with them and we were very honest and transparent with them. We said, listen, we're an elder-led church. We got plenty of conversations to have, but we'll get back with you. And so they gave us this number, and it was too much for us. I mean, the number doesn't even matter. I don't remember what it was. Right, it was just too much. It it didn't matter. At the time, we did not have it. We had probably close to 300000 in our building fund at that time. And so we just knew it was was too far out of reach. So, So we said, well, listen, here's what... What we're committed to is never going in debt. But if you will give us, um, it just dawned on me, I'm proving your point that, that you didn't. <laughs> I was thinking just, it a minute ago. Yeah, I know you I were. I was not going to say it again. But so, so whatever that number was, it didn't matter. Yeah. And so we sat down and we said, listen, um, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not going into debt. But yeah. if you will give us six months to try to fundraise this amount, um, we will know for a fact if it happens, then the Lord wants us to buy it. Yeah. And if he and if it doesn't happen, based on the vision that He's given we the church, then we will know for a fact that it's not for us. Yeah. At least it's not for the cut time. and dry at that cut point. Cut and dry. And we chose to look at it that way. And I think that was the right way to look at it. For sure. And so it didn't work. 
And I did everything I could. I talked to everybody I could and our staff and our elders and yeah. our friends and whoever is like, hey, let's make this happen. And it did not happen. And so to say I was bummed was an understatement. Uh, at the, in the meantime, I would get up, you know, middle of the night on Sunday mornings and, and, and get, get, you know, go get the church trailer do and, what you and, do. and do, yeah. do our thing. And we kept on going. And so uh, after we walked away from that, uh, believing that the Lord wanted us to, we had enough money to, to, okay, you know what, let's buy a little track of land yeah. and then let's save money for, for building a building in the future. So we bought some land. And uh, it was 19 and a half acres. At the time, well, I guess it still is technically, but it was the largest um, non-developed track that was available. One of the largest, or the best, the best largest track is what I should say. Yeah. Because it was such a, the a most, nice little most usable, yeah. The most usable, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, track inside the city limit. And it was barely inside the city limit. Yeah, you're right on the edge. Right there. on the edge. And so we bought that for two hundred and forty six thousand cash, and that was very exciting. And and we we let our people, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we think the Lord has led us to. So we started yeah. working with some planning groups um, about the building and 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 what could that look like. And Paul Lynch, our worship pastor, is gifted like all of our staff in so many areas. But yeah. he uh, design wise put a building a three D draw, you know, use different softwares and put it on a computer. So one Sunday in the Y, uh, we presented that. It was like, hey, here's our building. We bought that land a few months ago. Here's our building. And, uh, you know, it's going to cost whatever it was to build. Right. Um, but we will not go into debt. Uh, we'll raise the money. Then we'll build this building. And so it was going to be expensive. And so what, what that led to um, was the very next day on a Monday is the owner of the property we're in now called or he sent maybe like a facebook message or something um and he was like hey i want y'all to come look at my building and so he did not know the backstory that hey we looked at this before right so we already knew this this will fit and so he gave us a number that increased our rent just a little bit but it gave us it gave us semi-permanent space for right. our children's area so we moved out there and um the plan was that he was interested in our property that we had and it would represent so much going toward the purchase price. Right. And so months later, uh, he came back to us um, and uh, let us know that that amount that he told us was a lot less now. Um, mm. So that kind of stung us pretty good yeah, because yeah. we moved out there based on, okay, church, if we build this building, it's going to cost, you know, uh, this much. Right. Uh, but but we can buy this when it's already there. It's going to be a considerable amount less, and it currently fits our needs. Yeah. Um, so we didn't see that shift coming. Uh, but when it came, it was like, well, you know, and after praying about it and, and, and talking with everybody that's involved, it seemed like, hey, this is the, this is the way to do it. So we move out there. Um, and we'd been there for a few months before he gives us the, the news like, Hey, what I told you, I would swap you and do this and do that yeah. really crushed us. Um, because we may not have moved had that number of being yeah. what it, or what it yeah. turned out to be. Right. And so, but now we're there and we've been there in the, there's a gymnasium and the, the sanctuary. So we were in the gymnasium for about one year. 
That's what I'm saying. It wasn't and, long. Yeah. And now, right here at the beginning of this year, so about three months now, yeah. we've been in the, um, in, in the sanctuary uh, building. So we don't own it yet. Uh, but we're hoping and praying by God's grace that we will one day. So what we did with that land, by the way, when he came back to us and said, hey, you know, I'm not going to give you this much, is we put it on the market for that amount, which was $800,000. Mm-hmm. And so that'd be a considerable increase since we paid two forty six. Right. And so we... Uh, we did not get that much for it, although we were under contract with one of the largest home builders in the country. I remember you thought you and, had a deal, and, that, and we just we just knew, man, this is yeah. it. And they backed out, and and that's a that's another story uh, for another podcast, I guess. But um, <laughs> anyway, so that man that that they backed out of that deal, and then we ended up getting somebody come along with a uh, a cash offer of five fifty that they said they want to do a 10-day due diligence and a 15-day closing. And by that time, nobody else was jumping after it because there had been some time that lapsed. And uh, we just decided, you know what, we think this would be a wise thing to do. You doubled your money. Yeah, a little over $300,000. So you basically made like a hundred the church um made about a hundred thousand a year because we had it around three years i yeah. believe so you made about a hundred thousand a year so that beefed our building fund uh up a, a little bit yeah and um it's increased some since then because we've had some uh we've had some outside support over the years and um so god's been good and 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 people uh people hear our story and they like it yeah. And I don't know all the details as to why it resonates. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I'll tell you if you want to know, but go well, ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think, and I could be wrong, and you can fill me in, Danny, on, on your viewpoint from the outside, but I just truly believe that there's somebody that heard Samson's story. Mm-hmm. And they were like, dude, you know what, man? Like, I couldn't grow my hair that long. It would get on my nerves. Yeah. But good for you for knowing what God told you to do. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe mm. it's, you know what? Um, I'm not that clear in my life on a vision that I need. Right. And maybe with a church being so clear on a particular vision, maybe that inspires. But I do, I do think for all of us... <laughs> that there are moments in time when when we need some clarity. Yeah. And so from my experience as a church planner, as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, is when we can um, mute ourselves, mm. tune in to the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, fast, pray, listen, meditate. Right. He will do things yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that really moves mountains. Yeah. In fact, we did a T-shirt one year. Um, uh, proving your point again. We did a T-shirt <laughs> one year that uh, on the back of it, we just had these these shapes. It was very, um, I don't know, very simple, clean lines, but little mountains. Yeah. And, and we just put a We the Church square on the front and on the back. It had these lines. And we called that T-shirt design, God Moves Mountains. Uh, so I, I know you you've go. seen Him move mountains in your life. Yeah, for um, sure. So anyway. so But no, that's, I think you're, you're onto something as far as why people look at your church and why people, random people just give you, not random people, but people right. you might not even know will just write you a check right. for ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. And not millions of dollars, but not something right. I would consider just giving away to somebody. But it's because you guys are, you're so rooted in your, your foundations and what you're trying to do and your vision. This is what we're trying to do because we feel like God told us to do it this way. Right. And so I look at that. And as a pastor of a new church myself, 
I look at those things that you guys have done as far mm -hmm. as staying out of debt and being content where you are until you get the next thing yeah. and all that stuff. And I try to impart that on my congregation because right. it was tough for us when we we're meeting at a bar right. and everybody's That's like, right. hey, when are we getting our own place? Right. Like, well, are they saying, when, can we at least sell some of this IPA and we keep the money? Right. Yeah. No, it's, but it was God's time. That's this right. is God's time. Like God wants us here for now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. That's right. So, I mean, when God wants bigger, better for us, we'll get it then. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, other churches now are being modeled off of. The, the foundation that you guys said. Oh, that's strong. Well, and, and to encourage you, like y'all only sing psalms here. Right. Well, there, there's a vision there yeah. that you and the people of y'all's church, you know, like this is what we're going to do. Right. Now, is that for everybody? No, no. No. It's not. And you know that. Right. But our music's kind of loud and amped up. Yeah, is that yeah. for everybody? No. no. <laughs> and so what I always tell people is, you know, they ask us about music or different mm -hmm. things. And I say, look, some people like bluegrass. Some people like rap. Some people like country. Yeah. We're just different. Right. Uh, the same God is reaching his people. And he does it through different means. Yeah. And so I, I you know, I, I, there's probably uh, somebody out there that's capable of writing us an extremely large check to buy this building right now. Right. But you know what? Maybe that person is so used to leveraging an astronomical amount of debt in their business yeah. that they just can't get on board with it. Right. But you know, I'm not judging them. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, listen, we know clearly what the Lord's called us to do. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, I, I'm proud of you too for just saying, you know what? This is what we do. This yeah. is how we do it. This Thank is you. why we do it. And it uh, it speaks through your life. I see it all the time. All right, well, good. I'm glad that it is on the outside and that people mm -hmm. can see it because I, it gets heavy, you know, right. when you're trying to carry it. And this is our vision. This is what we're doing. And people go, well, it'd be easier, you know, if you just did it this other That's way. Exactly right. Well, we ain't in it for the easy. Well, speaking of the easy, so so one thing that I, I tried to share this morning in the sermon, because obviously it's Sunday afternoon right now, yeah. and I, I kind of ran out of time. This happens to me all the time. It's such a bummer. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing I was trying to communicate is there are things in life that are, um, that are, that are, uh, they're easy for me to sit here and tell it to you. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's, and you could learn a little something, but it's not as beneficial for me to just tell it to you. Yeah. Meaning the benefit being on you. Right. The benefit requires the difficulty on your part. What is that? What's the quote? The man in the arena. I don't remember. I don't know. The man is on the mountain. Is that a movie? Uh, maybe a book. I'm sure. But it's uh, basically nobody. Nobody knows. Unless you're that guy, That's unless right. you're the one, you know, doing well, the thing. So, so as that pertains to a person's life, getting a benefit from something, yeah. uh, in the barbershop or when you've been in there at times, somebody uh, says something about a certain Bible verse, or maybe I bring it up, or maybe you bring it up. Yeah. We could tell them, hey, that's James chapter 4, verse 17. Right. But the, so that's, that's the easy part, right? But the beneficial part would be if they went home and actually looked it up themselves. Yeah. Now, yeah. if they Googled it on the way home, that's still easy. Right. But if they dug through Scripture and found that verse, you would find a treasure that you would never forget that it was chapter 4, verse 17. Right. So that's what I mean with that. Yeah. And so there are, there are things in life that are, that are obviously going to be easy, but um, they can be very difficult at the same time. Yeah. Right? It's like the difference in uh, in in knowing something and then actually doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. that was sort of the point I made this morning. It. it What's, I, I pulled up the quote. What's the quote? Uh, it's from Teddy Roosevelt. 
is a bit of a long one, but it's a it's not the critics who count, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the uh, doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who actually is in the arena, who faces and is mirrored by dust and sweat and blood, who strives uh, valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and uh, and who are at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So, so not scripture, but Teddy Roosevelt. It's very good. And I'm, I'm ashamed <laughs> that I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I heard perseverance. Yeah. So we summed it up, perseverance. Right. Yeah. No, there you go. The guy in the arena gets yeah. the gets the the credit. We don't we don't need the credit. That's not what we're in it for. But right. I think the listener understands. Mm -hmm. um, so you guys are y'all are rolling now. You're it's going in pretty your, good. Your permanent place. Dare we say permanent? Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't. I, I don't know how permanent anything is on this earth, right? Um, but it certainly feels more permanent, yeah. and you know. I can't say why this has happened, but um, it has actually encouraged a lot of new faces to show up as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, hmm, why is that? I mean, we yeah. went through a season where we needed help doing set up and tear down. Right. So we would mention it from stage. Hey, we need some help tearing this down today. Yeah. And, and I had a conversation with a guy this week. They used to attend church with us. He said, Adam, I, I really didn't know what to do. So he said, I would feel bad when I would leave if y'all were still. So maybe that kept some people away. I have no maybe, idea. Maybe, Um We never intended that. But yeah. So, so yeah, we've seen a lot of new faces uh, since the the shift. And um, it's exciting right now. It, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. Um, so, yeah. Well, you, you, the word excitement, look, I, I think that correlates to your personality directly. I've heard so that. I, I've never, I've heard you preach. I've seen your like Facebook videos. I've never sat in your church during mm -hmm. the service, but I'll spend a lot of time with you at your barbershop. Mm -hmm. Your barbershop is an exciting place. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, you don't always think exciting when you think about a barbershop, but I was talking to, I don't think he'll mind if I say his name, James Manning mm -hmm. mentioned yep. when he was in there the other day and we were both in there and he said he got, he was recharged after he left. Apparently, oh, man, something you or I said rubbed off on him and made his day. And yeah. you know, so the barbershop is an exciting place because you don't take off your pastor hat when you go in there to cut hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I do enjoy this. Um. So, um, I told somebody long ago. Um, the, the biggest, uh, I guess I'm in a unique role. Yeah. I've had my barbershop for 19 and a half years and, and, and we were able to go from four days to, to five days. And, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, from four days down to three. And so, um, the, the one thing that I sometimes hear, if somebody, uh, a client of mine from the shop comes to church is they say, Adam, you're the same. Yeah. Well, they don't realize that 
that is, um, I'm not just sitting here waiting on compliments. You, you're not either. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously we would be dorks and idiots if we were. Right, right. But they don't realize that is the biggest compliment I can hear. The yeah, goal of a yeah. man ought not to be, I'm going to jump on stage and boy, I'm going to bring it so good they're going to think I'm great. The goal of a man should be, listen, I want to be a man of my word. Yeah. I want to be, the, I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a man of character, and I want to try my best to be the man that I am in my home, that I am on the barbershop, yeah. at the barbershop, that I am on stage at church. And so when I hear that, I take it as a compliment, even if people realize it or not. Because, yeah. you know, again, if somebody says something like that, and then you say, oh, man, I, I blah, 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 and you go on about yourself, obviously yeah. you're, you're an idiot, but... Um, <laughs> I'm probably calling myself an idiot, but but so so that uh, that is something that I hear sometimes, and I mm-hmm. take it as an encouragement. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's uh, you know everything's got its own challenges, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, just the the balance. Is it's it's difficult, and we said that right before we got on air, right? Um, but the but the difficult, the, there's just there's a lot of difficult things in life, uh, no matter who you are. Yeah. Um. So there are, but it, it, there's again, it's that balance. The balance is the way to say it, right? Yeah. So you're you wear the pastor hat, and you wear the barber hat, and you wear the dad hat. Now we're we're talking about being a bivocational pastor. So where how do you find balance between? Obviously, you're two things blend together on some level, but how do yeah, you, they, they really butt heads. Um, so, uh, if I have to close my shop for a funeral, mm. uh, I mean, there are things where the two jobs collide and you cannot do anything about it. Right. Um, it's one reason why church membership is, is pretty dang important because you know who you have to close your business for. Right. And then, you know, you know what other times you just have to hurt somebody's feelings. And, right. And, and that's, it's a sad reality yeah, of what we're trying yeah. to do, but you can't minister to everyone. Right. Um, so, so there's really no balance. To be honest with okay. you, so what you have to do is you turn the phone off, mm. and and here's the thing: my to do list does not get shorter. Right. Yeah. P- period. Yeah. Yours doesn't either. Right. And essentially, nobody's does because yeah. there's always a new tomorrow. So so what you have to do is put a boundary to maintain somewhat of balance. And what we've learned, um, Crystal knew this long before me, and I've learned a lot through her. <laughs> is uh, boundaries are one of the things that I had a tough time with. Oh, that's, I and struggle so with the, that. The, primarily talking about work, of course, right. but, the, but the, the time boundary. And when I was essentially the only staff member, uh, now I don't do the money. I don't know who gives what, and we right. keep it that way, unless it's someone that doesn't attend with us. Yeah. And then I, you know, if they give me a check, obviously I know they gave that. Yeah. But for people that attend church with us, I don't know who gives what. Um, because we can say we wouldn't. But one dude gives ten bucks a week, and another dude gives two thousand a week. Yeah, you're going yeah. to treat him better. You look you, at them different. You're a sinner like me, and, and it's just reality. Right, right. And so, um, but when it was just me as a staff member, um, a staff person, then then I was typing away on giving statements one night at about nine thirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mabry's here in the room with us. She's fourteen now, but she was much younger. And I remember at our old house, Crystal came in there one night, and she said, "Babe, what are you doing?" 
She's like, it's 9.30 and Mabry's about to go to bed. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me, you know. And I didn't just all of a sudden have this magic moment where it all fixed right then. Right. Um, but it was one of those moments that I needed to be like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I try my best, and, and I'm still not the greatest about it. Uh. But now I take, um, I take Mondays as my Sabbath. I mean, we work on Sunday, right? Right. And so, you know, obviously um, – there's more to do on a sun on a Sunday for a pastor than just to talk for thirty minutes, right. like ever like a lot of people misconceive. But um, but anyway, so those boundaries trying to do better. But I tell you what, I tell people in the barbershop, um, you talk about that. Uh, you mentioned it a while ago, kind of the the two blending. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of brothers uh, and some sisters in Christ if they bring their child in or something. That will say, you know, I know y'all's church is growing, but you'll always stay here, won't you? And they'll say, because this, because <laughs> this is a huge ministry, Adam. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you, you're really reaching people in here, and and mm. I don't argue with that because right. there are weeks where you know we'll see somebody new at church and they met me through the barbershop, right. so it's a no brainer. But there's also weeks where another staff member met somebody on their job. And they're there. There's also weeks where there's a church member that met somebody on their job, and they're there. Yeah. So what I do is I take what they're telling me. You can't leave here. This is a ministry. <laughs> and I put it back on them. Yeah. I say, listen, yeah. you have a role and a responsibility in the kingdom of God. And your role and your responsibility is to go and tell and so we do that. We do that in, in on the playground and in the store and in the home and and on the job. And um, so I I enjoy uh, when they remind me of that. I take it as a reminder. I yeah, take it as yeah. a comfort. But I also love holding that mirror up and saying, "Listen, you too, <laughs> fellow Christian." Yeah, that's tough though, man. Because I selfishly. I don't want you to stop being a barber because then I'll have to get a new barber. That's true. Good point. You know, it's, good point. I get you're a pastor or whatever, but if I had, to, I appreciate you saying that. I, I mean, I, I like the barber shop. What no, I tell people, I, I have fun there. Yeah. I love you more than I love cutting your hair. Yeah, because um, when it's cause, you know, uh, you, you have a good time when when that happens. But um, but for me, it's just one of those, uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty long day. Yeah, and um, and Mabry sitting over there. I, I tried a couple a few years back. I said I wasn't gonna complain anymore, so I'm trying to practice that right, right now. Right, right, right. But I said I wasn't gonna complain anymore for a New Year's resolution. And I made it a couple of days, and <laughs> my, my my sweet daughter over there said, uh, "Daddy, I thought you wasn't gonna complain this oh, year." Oh man, yeah, that's a tough one. Thank God for our kids, right, Mabry? I think you're our first studio audience ever mm, yes nobody's ever just like been in the room while we were doing a podcast nice. before so thanks <laughs> but it's good she, she keeps you in check and daughters do it different you don't have any sons but daughters do it different mm-hmm. than sons they'll let you know they let you know you know yeah you said you weren't gonna do this or, or you said you were gonna do that okay mm-hmm. they always like elephants man they always remember that's right but so not a balance i guess they but there is a balance. There's a balance and there's not a balance between your work and your, yeah. I don't know. There's a, a thin line, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But how much, how much, you mentioned some crossover. People come to the barbershop who come to your church. And how does that, what does that look like? I'm, I'm going to ask you about numbers, I guess, without asking you about numbers. Yeah. 
Man. Does the church bring barbershop bring people to church and, and vice versa? Because if you're not, if you're at Adam's church and you're not getting your hair cut by, it's got to be a sin, right? If you're, well, if you're not I, letting, I your... want to, con- I want to, ch- I want to throw that on people. Throw that I'll, label I'll out there. I'll say it. You got to get your um, hair cut by yeah. Adam if he goes to his Man, church. It, there's a, there's a, we see more people mm-hmm. that. Um, that that I meet in the barbershop that come to church, yeah. than who attend church was that then become yeah, one of my yeah. clients. Numbers wise, I'm scared to throw that out there. No, I mean, don't, there was, don't do that. There was a month ago where there was about three new families at church, and mm-hmm. and all three of them came from the barbershop. Yeah. Um, but you know that's 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 just the way it works, and yeah. the way you know when you're in my position and your position, you just get it. It's going to work that way. Right. It's not about you. And you know that. And so you just, you know, you, you talk about the Lord and how good he's been to you. And, uh, you know, it, it'll resonate with some folks. A wise man told me one time to let the need be known. And Ooh. I bet you could guess who that is. His name's Cliff Burnham. Yeah, that's your a guy father. named my dad. <laughs> and so uh, for the listeners, they may not know, but uh, the way Danny and I met is his dad, Cliff, is my mentor. And uh, I think a lot of him, and I don't see as as much of his flaws as you, because I've never lived with a man. <laughs> right. um, but he is a sinner. Yeah. Uh, but I put him up on a pretty high pedestal, and I've made his face turn red a few times in the barbershop, and I enjoy doing That's that. That's tough. I That's enjoy tough. doing that, man. Or or he'll shake his head and put his hand yeah, down. You and, and my wife, y'all are yeah, good. Yeah, we're good that, at man. that. <laughs> or he'll tell you the same story again. But we've talked about that before. And you tell him, Dad, I've already heard this one. And, and he, then he tells he you tells again anyway. anyway. Dang, Cliff. <laughs> but no, uh, so that's that's essentially how we met. And I had a point with throwing that out there. Um, I don't remember. Well, I, I felt like we were going somewhere with it. It was going to be good, whatever yeah. it was. Tango, you remember what it was? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. But it was, it was, it was going to be strong, though. I could feel it. Yeah. Um, so anyway... <laughs> So that's how we met. And, I, man, I, I was talking to another pastor about this the other day. I had told you, I don't know how many times, I'm going to come to your church. I'll come visit you and, uh, I don't know, three or four other pastors that I know. Yeah, I'll come visit your church one day. Well, then we start a church. And now you don't get to visit any of the other pastors that you said you were going to go visit their church because you got your own church and stuff going. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's a unique calling. It, uh, But it's good to have. You guys are not, at seven years old, we're coming up on our second anniversary next month. So you're not super far ahead of us. Right. So all this new stuff, all the, the original church planning, uh, uncertain, you know, where, yeah. how are things going to go and who's going to do what. And this is all still kind of fresh for you. Yeah. If I ask somebody who planted a church 30 years ago, they'll remember it, but it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have somebody to talk to that hadn't been doing it that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and planting a church these days, I don't know, maybe it's the less conventional way to become a pastor. Um, you've never been a pastor anywhere else. Oh, I would have never got hired as a pastor. Yeah, me neither. So, <laughs> you know, when you when you know that about yourself, you, you just go through and, and, and you start one so you can be a pastor. Right, right, right. Clearly, clearly those would be the wrong intentions. Um, so when I surrendered to ministry, um, I went through a season where I – I was really hesitant to tell my wife because, you know, we had the picture perfect life, uh, make a good living at the barbershop and we could essentially do whatever we want to whenever we want to. 
uh, we were members of a church and, and serving the Lord. But if we want to go camping or something, you take a weekend off. Who cares? Right. And so uh, so that I knew that that would be a tough thing. And so as the Lord really started calling mm-hmm. and, and calling me out, I, I, kn- I knew longer than I admitted. Yeah. He did the same. Yeah. <laughs> I knew longer than I admitted. But um, anyway, during that season, it took a couple of two or three months. I would come home and Crystal would say, well, what's wrong with you, babe? And um, I would say nothing. Nothing. What, what's wrong? That's with the you, man guys? answer, right? No, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Look how tough I am. Right. Um, and and uh, nothing. Nothing. And so that that went on for a little while, and I finally, you know, um, fessed up to that, <laughs> and uh, and it it changed changed our lives dramatically. And clearly, you want to say it's all been perfect from that point on, uh, but it but it hadn't. Yeah. It just hadn't, and um, there's certain things that'll rattle you to your core, but uh, we believe, uh, my wife and myself, is that God will put you through anything mm-hmm. to grow you. Yeah. Uh, it's commonly misquoted, uh, people say, God won't put more on you than you can handle. Oh, stop. And so that is, uh, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. He absolutely <laughs> will. Somebody's flipping to 1 Corinthians 10 right now. All right, yeah. Um, but read it, keep reading after the comma. Yeah. Because he absolutely will put more on you than you can handle. If he didn't, you wouldn't turn to him. Yeah. So he's been our rock in all this. We've absolutely wanted to quit, uh, give up. Um, and so forth, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's it's tough being a pastor. It's hard. It's a hard job. Um, I don't know. It, it's less hard when you're following God and you're doing the right things, but it's it's just tough. There's criticism and there's things that right. go along with it. Right. But those things also fall on the pastor's wife. That's a tough gig too. Right. And uh, which is probably why you didn't want to say right up front, hey, babe, you're going to be a pastor's wife. Yeah, and Crystal, <laughs> so I try to encourage her. She needs to write this book, and, and Jessica may fall in the same category. Yeah. But there was no book available yeah. uh, or no podcast available to where it's a woman in my wife's shoes. Right. It was always this this pastor's wife that wrote a book that said, oh, I met him in seminary, or, <laughs> or, or I always knew I would marry a pastor. Yeah. And, and you, you have these different scenarios, and none of them were real helpful for Crystal right. because she's like, where's the where's the lady that married a barber? Yeah. Like like where's the lady who was married to a businessman for, for ten years and then he surrenders to ministry? Yeah. Where's the dude that, you know, uh, he's a car salesman and then he surrenders and their life changes dramatically. Where's that book? And from what we can find, it's not out there. Right. Uh, maybe one of you listeners will let us know about it if it is. And I wish can, they would. Yeah. You know, and we can, <laughs> we can uh, you know, get that book and, and, and learn from it. Um, but, yeah. Well, good stuff, man. I don't know. Where are we at time-wise? About 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I'm good with 30 minutes. Are you good with 30 minutes? I feel like I've got about three hours left in me. I'm sure you do. Um, so let me ask a, a question. Go for, for it. We, I can sit here all day. I just um, want to check with you. So this, uh, just to, to round you round you in there uh from for you uh being a guy who has listened to your podcast but not every episode right um when did you know danny that god was uh i want to ask three questions in one okay um uh when did you know that uh 
God is saving your life. When, when did you get saved? When did, when did that occur to you? When did you surrender to the Lord? Okay. And uh, tell me about surrendering into ministry mm-hmm. and surrendering to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a podcast a try. So there's three of them for you. Okay. So when I got saved, here we go. This is going to be an interesting story. Um, I was in a church that uh, it was uh, a little bit of a, they were a little wild, a little Pentecostal. We were watching the movies. I don't know if you ever saw the Thief in the Night movies. Mm-hmm. They were from the 70s, and they were terrible, <laughs> and they were low budget, and it was like the Left Behind series. Oh, gotcha. But it was awful. I don't like the Left Behind series anyway, but th- this was really bad. But it was one of them deals where the rapture happens, right? And then everybody's left behind. And if you don't take the number, they're chopping your heads off. I'm seven years old. Mm. And we're watching this movie. And uh, the movie ended. And I thought, well, that ain't going to happen to me. So I ran down front. And me and my dad prayed. And I, I received the Lord that night. That was on 1818 Kingston Road. Ah. Which is right. where your church is. Uh, the church was just called the Tabernacle. and doesn't exist anywhere on any any mm. level anymore. But uh, that's where I would point to and say that's where I got awesome. saved. Um, ministry, when you felt called to ministry. Scared me to death. Um, ministry uh, would have been, I don't know, I was 20 years old. I was a little older than that. I might have been 22 when I started helping with the youth group at church. I was okay. a little older than those yeah. guys and wasn't in the youth group anymore, but I wasn't mm-hmm. an adult by any stretch either. Um, and then... Uh, that, that grew more and more involved and, and leading and tango. Our producer was in the youth group at church at the oh, time. That's gotcha. how I know him. Uh, we call, I introduced you by his name. We call him tango on yeah. it. Um, but, uh, so youth ministry is what got me in the door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as far as being a pastor goes, it was the same kind of thing. I, I'd always known, I'd always known. I had other pastors that had told me the guys that were my pastor that were like, one day when you're a pastor, and I thought, mm, do that to me. Right. But I knew, and yep. I was I was fighting against it. Um, but during the pandemic, 2020, mm-hmm. wasn't it really set in for me? Um, churches were closed, right? Nobody was having church. I, maybe some people were. But there were a group of us that said, hey, we need to keep having church. Because Hebrews 10.25 doesn't say gather together and less, right. right? So yep. we're going to get together. So we started meeting at the Foundry, a little bar here in town, mm-hmm. which is where my church ended up meeting. Um, so we did that for a little while. And the guy that was leading, his name was Charles Looney, uh, took a job in South Carolina, summer of 2020. So there were some Presbyterians in the group. Well, they don't meet without somebody that's ordained. And they said, well, you're ordained. I said, man, I'm a Baptist. You know, we don't care. Just come on. Okay. So I'm leading this group now. We did that a few months. The church was open back up, and everybody goes back to their little thing. Within January-ish, December, January 21, we started saying, well, hey, you know that thing we were doing? That was pretty cool because it was just church, right? There was no – we didn't have lights and sound and music and all that. We just – some people met together in a bar. Um, so we started exploring that idea again. And in April of 21, when we uh, Sunday after Easter, we met for the first time as Rome Reformed Church. And uh, that's when my first pastorate began, and hopefully my only one. I'd like to be the pastor of this church for because, 30 years, yeah, and it yeah. would be. It would be. But uh, was that all three parts? Nope. The podcast. The podcast. So the podcast was in between, and I actually put it off longer than, I think, than being a pastor because I thought it'd be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
would have been my first episode. I'm also coming up on an anniversary there. My first episode was April 4th, 2018. 18? Maybe 19. Wow. I'd have to look. Um, but for a couple of years before that, I would say, well, podcast. What is a podcast? Right. What does that mean? What does it do? And I can't do that because it's weird to just sit and talk to a microphone in a room by right. yourself. Right. And then, and well, maybe I should just get guests. Well, it's hard to get guests because I'm not an outgoing person. Like, that's, that's tough for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I put it off because I thought it'd be something hard to do, and then uh, one day I just sat down and recorded, and yeah, it, it was work. terrible. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it worked. Now, it's just one of the things where you know you're supposed to do it, right. and you run out of excuses. Mm-hmm. That's what that amounted to. Right. Well, I was like, well, I'll order a microphone. So I got a microphone. I had a mic for six months, never took it out of the box, yep. you know. Yep. And it just it kind of went on like that. Right. Pretty soon, I just didn't have any more excuses, so right. I had to do it. But it was. Uh, April 4th, 20, had to be 2018. So what episode is this? Do you know right on? This is one oh well, this is, one, this is 105. Wow. Numbered episode. Okay. Um, I've got a few that aren't numbered that are like sermons and gotcha. different things gotcha. from the typical format. All right. So if somebody's been listening to your podcast for this long, they're a fan. Mm-hmm. But what if this is the first time someone's listened to your podcast? What would you say, that, what would you want them to know if they made it this far through this episode? Uh, this is your podcast. What would you want them to know about this podcast and the direction you want it to keep going in? Oh, wow. Um, I like the format that I've been in most recently. It was always the goal. Sit down and have a different guest every time and, and just have conversations. And I've kind of led the conversation in different areas, and but that's how you keep it going. Um, you asked me what we were going to talk about, so it's my job to give you stuff. Um, but the idea is just to have a free-flowing conversation uh, somebody mentioned on Facebook, the last episode that I posted, they said it felt like they were part of the conversation. Uh, Me and my last yeah, guest, Andrew yeah. Denman, um, I said, I felt like I was sitting in the room with you and we were all just talking yeah. about this stuff together. That's the goal. That's the idea. That's what I hope people get. Mm. Um, and I've heard other people say, even episodes I did by myself, they said the same thing. Like, well, it's, it's conversational. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea. Cause you can go, there are a million different podcasts out there about theology and guys preaching sermons and all those things. That's obviously great. It's obviously fantastic. Right. But some people want to know what it's like, or, or maybe that they're not alone in yeah. being a, a Christian. It's like take pastor out of your equation. You're a yeah, Christian right. barber. Yeah, so go. how do you live that out That's at your right. job? Right. So they, they want to know stuff like that. The last yeah. guy in here was an EMT. What's yeah. his walk with God like? Yeah. You know. And, well, and, and I think one thing that people are concerned with now um, is what if I lose my job? Hmm. Because it feels like, I could be wrong on this, but it hmm. feels like we're getting more uh, maybe unspoken pressure on us as Christians, right? Yeah, yeah. And so recently my wife had one of our friends that that, that works in a county school system hmm. and was talking about me at work, being able to talk about the Lord, and was, was basically saying, hey, you know, I can't do what Adam does. Yeah, now, that wasn't the exact words he said. Right. But basically, I can't do what Adam does because I'll lose my job. Yeah. And so um, her response to that was, well, Adam can lose his job too, one haircut at a time. Yeah. So my situation, I charge 18 bucks currently. Um, so <laughs> my situation is I may not lose a career, mm-hmm. but I can absolutely, not, not only can I, I know that I have yeah. lost clients because of talking about the Lord, but yeah. 
I'm like any other Christian. You should never regret, no matter what the what what the outcome. You yeah. should never regret when you are given the opportunity to speak Christ into someone's life. Yeah. You should never regret doing that. Yeah. Now, just to clarify real quick, and I'll hush. No, you, you don't. You we're not talking about getting the Bible and beating someone in the head right. who does not want to hear it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that there's a there's a vulnerable moment where mm-hmm. where someone's uh, grandparent dies or or maybe a parent or a friend, um, and you're they're able to look and they're able to say, "Hey, listen, um, I remember when such and such happened to you, yeah. and you had a strength." You had a resiliency, and there was something inside of you to where you had a peace that surpassed all understanding. Yeah. What was that? And so when you're able to, to, you know, to just, I don't know, fearlessly know God's got you in His hand, um, I think that's uh, pretty good stuff. Sorry I stretched our episode. No, it's all good. We can keep going if you want to. I just want to check time. I usually do but i hadn't at this point i forgot my phone was sitting right here and i could look at it anytime i wanted to um but yeah that's the that's the idea and one of these days when you start a podcast you can do you know whatever you want same thing not the same thing so are you is that the plan i know we were we were going to talk about your podcast initially and you were like hey i don't have time and and people don't man you got stuff to do but I, I really, really Putting want you on the to spot do, here. You, <laughs> yeah, I really do want to do that. Yeah. So um, I always want to be bivocational. Yeah. Now, but I, but what I say is I want that bivocational piece to change. Right. Um, as you know, I've got desires to write. Yeah. Um, I've got desires to do some some content creation, including a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I would uh, I would I really want to do that. I do have the domain name for uh, for my podcast name, okay. way, but but I've uh, I haven't thrown that out there. If I were smart right now, I would say, <laughs> "Hey, Danny, I'm going I'm going to put something up on this domain, yeah. so people can give me their email address, so that I can uh, you know uh, let them know when I start one." Yeah, yeah, but I'm just not that that far along. No, but, I got uh, you. I that got you. that would be a dream of mine if yeah. if I could. If I could one day, it may take 10 years to get there, but if I really could one day leave the barbershop mm-hmm. and then be able to do this and content creation yeah. that would that would replace that amount of time and then also be able to work at church, that would be incredible. Right. What would be super incredible is if that generated enough income to where that was solely our income. Yeah. And then you could just work at church for free. Right. I mean, how, what a dream that would be. That'd be fantastic. Well, you just, you just, you would be in a, in an amazing position personally. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know some people that do that kind of thing and I'm making it sound like, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. It's right. an extreme <laughs> amount of work. Yeah. That's why it's called work. Right. Um, so, you know, it sounds dreamy being a movie star, but clearly they put in more hours <laughs> than people realize. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is a goal. That yeah. is a goal. And um, You just have stuff to say, man. You well, we all have something to say. Yeah, I mean, but you're better at it than a lot of people. Well, I don't want to say that, but I, I'll I appreciate say it for you. you. <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement. I appreciate no, you it. do. Yeah, writing, podcast, other creation, uh, content creation. Otherwise, you got it. You're gifted in that. Well, but what I always tell people when they say, "What's the hardest thing about podcasting?" I say, "It's the time, finding time to do it." Right. So that's kind of that's where you're right. at now, and that's you know that's where I'm at, and right. a lot of times, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's true, but. Uh, I mean, really, you just, I, I guess you just, uh, 
you think you'll run out of things to say maybe that hits your head yeah. and, and then you're like no I won't run out of anything and um who knows but uh well if it, I mean it comes down to it you just talk about current events and Christian worldview and you never run out exactly you know, that's exactly right so but uh yeah maybe I'll do something with that one of these days but uh, yeah. I do own spreadhisfame.com okay so I, I wasn't going to ask you to say it but since you yeah, put it out you knew there, anyway I but, did um, I did there's uh, in in um, in scripture that Jesus heals uh, a couple of blind men, mm-hmm. and so uh, when he does so, he does the most awkward thing that I've ever seen in scripture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there's plenty of awkwardness there's weirdness. in scripture. Yeah. There's plenty of weirdness. There's plenty of uh, you know Lot procreating with his daughters. Right, they, they got him drunk. I mean, there's there is awkwardness in yeah. scripture. But it's so awkward to me that Jesus physically heals these two blind men. And, and then he says, you know, see to it that you tell nobody. Right. Well, how are you going to not tell anybody yeah. that Jesus just literally healed you? And, and you know, I, I clearly am not going to try to add to Scripture, but just because it says these two men are blind mm-hmm. doesn't mean that one of them couldn't have been married. Yeah. So let's just say that he had never seen his wife. Now, I'm making this up, but think about this. He's physically blind. He's never seen his wife. He's yeah. felt her face. He knows that she yeah. is stunning yeah. and gorgeous, and he knows the inner beauty that she has as well. Right. She married a blind guy, right? Right. She knew what she was signing up for, and she comes in the room after he's healed, and he makes it home. Yeah. And he touches, maybe he touches the side of her face like, like he always does, yeah. but he's crying. And they're not even going to get to that point before she realizes what's going on. Right. He's going to say, you are stunning. As yeah. soon as she walks in the door, yeah. he's not going to wait. He's not going to say, well, maybe later I'll tell her or, <laughs> right. or let me just act like I'm blind. Yeah. There's nothing to hide. At this point, she is stunning and, and beautiful, and, yeah, and, he, yeah, and yeah. he tells her. And she's blown away. So my point is, how could he have not told her? And so the, the thing is that, that he couldn't have not told her. Right. So the spiritual implication here is <clears throat> if Christ has raised you to life, and he truly has, if he's truly given you spiritual eyes to see, you can't shut up about Jesus. Man. You can't shut up about Jesus if you want to. Right. And so what that passage tells us, if you read on, even after he sits there and he says, see to it that you don't tell anybody, it says that they went throughout the district and they spread his they spread fame. his fame. And so that is the job of a Christian. Yeah. You, you, you worship the Lord, yes. You give to the Lord, yes. You love each other, yes. And in doing every bit of that, what are you doing? You are spreading his spreading fame. His so at the end of the day, he's given us a, a very clear, precise mission to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy to be a part of it. There you go. Man, that's a great place to wrap up, I think. Sounds good. Just uh, spread his fame. Yeah, Whether man. you're a barber a pastor, plumber, right. pipe fitter. That's exactly right. Man. Teacher, whatever you are. That's awesome. Appreciate you having me on. Man. Yeah. Thank you for being here. We'll do yes, it again sir. sometime. Let's do it. All right.